This is Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand Season 3 Episode 5 with Lady A. Give me a funny moment that happened uh, between you guys as a band, maybe on stage. When Charles punched or hit your lip on stage with the mic. Punched you? <laughs> he punch. didn't punch me. That was a that <laughs> was a edit out uh, yeah. with the microphone. Yeah, he busted my lip accidentally. We were at the San Antonio Rodeo and it's a rotating stage. And um, somehow we got crossways and and hit he hit your elbow or your wrist hit the bottom of my mic and the mic hit Whoa. my lip and next thing you know and we're singing need you now so it's this you know dramatic yeah we're getting into the performance and he's like you had blood on your teeth <laughs> whenever lady a stops by always a good time three incredibly talented and nice people. We hung out. We talked a lot about the new music they have coming up and some of the things in the past. Also, at the end, we have a Wicca trivia game that's really fun, and we learn a lot of stuff, uh, so make sure you stick around for that. Uh, And also, if you want to check out some of our past podcasts, we've had Kenny Chesney on the show, Walker Hayes, Toby Keith, Dolly Parton. All you have to do is search for Taste of Country Nights on demand wherever you get your favorite podcasts to revisit interviews with all of your favorite country music superstars. This podcast is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network. Taste of Country Nights, hanging out here with Lady A. What's happening, everybody? Hi. Good to see you. You've Writing a song a about a candle. That's what yeah. we were doing. Yeah, right yeah. We started. Hot buttered rum. Hot buttered rum. I think we have a hit on our hands. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah. Speaking of hits, let's talk about uh, Love You Back. Give me the story uh-huh. behind that. Yeah, it was funny. It was a song that, um, you know, we, we're, we're, we've become such close friends with all the songwriters in, in, in this town in Nashville. And so uh, a friend of ours, uh, Emily Wiseman, sent me this song. Um, and initially, you know, it was just a male, uh, uh, voice on it. it was James McNair singing the demo. And I was like, gosh, this is a really great song. I'm not sure if it's going to fit our voices or not. And I was like, well, what if I come over and put, put my voice on the demo and Emily was there and I said, you know, Hillary's out of town. I said, how about you come over and play Hillary's part? And then, uh, you know, I'll sing Dave's part underneath as well. And so, like it just came together, and when I sent it to the guys, they were like, "Man, this is this is pretty special." So when we went in the studio, it just immediately kind of just turned into a Lady A song. And I think some of our best songs, you know, are ones that we almost feel like were written for us. "American Honey" is one of those, um, you know, that we just feel like I don't know that I love putting. Uh, There's nothing more fun than putting your own take on a song that you weren't a part of writing. You know, because we write, you know, seventy five percent of our, our our singles and music out there, but it's it's nice to have a song where you almost feel like they were in the room channeling our group a little bit. Does that mess you up, Hillary, when you hear the demo and it's someone playing your part? Does that influence how you're going to play that part on a song that you haven't written? Oh, gosh, not at, not with Emily specifically. I mean, she's not only a good friend, but I adore her voice. And we actually wrote a song together um, back in 2015 called Thy Will that I ended up releasing. She's a co-writer on that. So I feel like a lot of our kind of tendencies are similar, like, and I'm just a huge fan of her voice. Um, but sometimes you definitely have to pull yourself out of it, you know, and, and find where it fits you. Um, a song ocean is a great example of mm-hmm. that. Sarah Buxton was singing the demo on that. And I remember kind of finding my way in on that song, but, um, sometimes they just give you the most incredible inspiration and yeah. ideas mm-hmm. that a lot of times you're just kind of 
just trying to do your best version of what they do. You know? <laughs> there are, there I mean, are moments though you can get a little demo. I remember there was a song called "Love." Um, uh, love this pain. Yeah. Do you remember that? And it was on our was second Jason record. Seller singing. And and it, he had a really country voice. And I remember my first take was like, "She's no good for you." <laughs> and I was like, "That's not me." So I was like, "She's no good for me," you know. And it's like, all right, had to kind of get your voice because okay. you're so used to hearing it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think that was one of the things growing up playing in cover bands too. It was like. You know, you'd sing a Garth Brooks song, then you turn around and do a Lana Ritchie song, then you turn around and do an Allman Brothers song, and you're like, okay, I got to find my voice. And so, uh, you know, all that's kind of part of it. But it is funny, though. Sometimes you can get a little bit of what they call demoitis. Where you're oh, like, yeah, I've heard like, about demoitis. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, you guys just wrapped up the request line tour. Give me some of the, like, weirdest requests. <laughs> We had a lot. My favorite it was Mostly story. Taylor Swift requests, to be there's, honest. There's um, but we had, it, we had it set up. Where people send in voicemails um, about songs, and we every day we'd go to soundcheck and rehearse stuff from our first record, second record. So it was fun. It was a trip down memory lane uh, in a lot of ways, a lot of emotional moments. Obviously, there's some fun moments. We did some covers. Uh, one person requested "Stuck Like Glue." Uh, okay, I think yeah. they thought we were Sugarland. <laughs> they did, <laughs> and so uh, we ended up learning. We, we learned, learned it at Soundcheck, yeah, and we it played really it. Funny, and then uh, Charles found them in the crowd. We like to connect with the people that left the voicemail, oh, right? Wow. So we find them in the crowd, get their name, kind of meet them, stop the show, and do this moment. And Charles was like, "How many songs in did you realize this wasn't Sugarland?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, so and then plenty of fun, you know, kind of random cover song. People would yell "Freebird" and okay. we'd do it, you know, for fun. What, like what, what's like the most random one you think you guys did? Like, did you do any like "Baby Got Back"? We did. Oh, um, this is how we do it. This we is how did we that do one it. a lot. Mbop. Mbop. Um, um, Wilson Phillips. Yeah. Uh, I mean, any people would just yell out. Wait, the crazy I mean, you know, stuff. you just like kind of joke yeah. around and do it. But I think that's, I think that's the beauty of of kind of where we're at as a group too. You realize that within a structured show, the more you can kind of throw in those spontaneous moments, um, you know. And this was very spontaneous show from top to bottom, really. And so I think though we're going to take forward some of that inspiration because that's where you really connect with the audience, especially mm-hmm. if they've seen you a million times. And you know, I, I think when you feel really comfortable with the material you got, that's when you can kind of let loose and, and, and ha- where it doesn't go off the rails. Right. Know? Right. There was one night it was a bachelorette party. So the bride was there and they had requested, um, man, I feel like a woman. Okay. So I got her up on stage with me and she had her little bride moment singing Shania. That was fun. Wow. Um, yeah, we really that's just epic every for her, night. Yeah. And that's what we said to the fans. It was like every single night was different because we obviously had our songs that we knew we were going to play every night. But for the most part, all of those, the big blanks in our set list, I mean, each city and the fans in that city helped us curate the set list. Yeah, that's a great idea. I was really, I'm sure a lot of people are going to steal that. Oh. You better get the patent on it. Oh. <laughs> um, can you guys agree, uh, what, what is your best day in country music and your worst day in country music? Oh, man. Gosh. Wow. A good question. I mean, one of the biggest, the best, the best day for me, I think it's always early on. It's like the first time you do this, the first time you do this, the first time we got to uh, perform on the CMAs. We did Love Don't Live Here. I don't think I'll ever feel as just like holy moly, this is really happening. Um, that feeling was just electric. Best day. Sorry, Dave. Um, getting invited to become a member of the Grand Ole Opry. Mm. Wow! For sure. yeah. I was going to say day. playing the Opry. That first time yeah. we played the Opry, our families all came into town. 
Uh, it was really special. That was like an emotional, like, wow, we've made it to the Opry stage. Uh, Bill Anderson introduced us. But yeah, mm-hmm. and then he was a part of us becoming members as well. Yeah. Let's get into the woods here. The okay. worst day. Gosh, day. Oh, Finding out, uh, run to you at number one and our bus broke down on the side of the road. <laughs> that was the best and worst at the same time. Worst. I mean, anytime like a hero of yours passes away, it yeah. feels like that's happening more now. Cause someone was explaining that to me. I was like, God, doesn't it feel like all our heroes? And it was like, well, you know, the, the advent of like the rock star really didn't start happening until the 50s, 60s, 70s. So of course, you know, you're going to start seeing these heroes start to pass away. And I, yeah. that always is, is tough, you know, I was um, going to say when we lost our co-writer and producer Busby, yeah, that, that was, was pretty. that's probably the lowest. Or when Charles punch or hit your lip on stage with the mic, punched you. Punch. <laughs> he didn't punch me. That was a that <laughs> no. was a edit out uh, yeah. with the microphone. Yeah, he busted my lip accidentally. We were at the San Antonio Rodeo, and it's a rotating stage, and um, somehow we got crossways and and. Hit he hit your elbow or your wrist hit the bottom of my mic and the mic hit Whoa. my lip and next thing you know and we're singing need you now so it's this you know dramatic yeah we're getting into the performance and he's like you had blood on your teeth <laughs> <laughs> how does that work is that workers comp like you... I don't know. I don't know. just an ice pack it's fine <laughs> <laughs> that time Charles busted yeah, Hillary's no. lip like a day was like punched her sorry <laughs> that, was, that was a Freudian slip um. Are there any Lady A songs that are hard to play because maybe they bring back old memories? You specifically, Charles? I know. I mean, uh, if you're talking about, you know, I've, I've been sober now, um, you know, a little over a year and a half. And I mean, everybody's like, you still going to sing Bartender or Quarter After One? I'm a little drunk. I was like, yeah, it was part of my life. I mean, you know, I mean, Warren Brothers told me one time, you know, they're sober and they're like, I, I wrote the best drinking songs I've ever written five years sober. And it was like, you know, I mean, to me, it's like there's absolutely nothing wrong with drinking. It's just I couldn't, I can't drink anymore. Okay. Um. So no, I mean, I think uh, that's part of our catalog, and and they're just great songs that'll always have great memories. And listen, I had some great times. You know, I had some some low times too, but uh, when it was fun, it was fun. And and you know, I can always I can always remember that. I think Dave said this. I'm not sure. Someone said we can look down the road a lot longer now, knowing that we have a good, healthy dynamic between the three of us. Um, how close were you guys to like being done with the band? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we've had some over the course of the 17 years we've been a band. Um, I mean, I think it would be it'd be weird if we said that there weren't some moments along the way that we didn't have to have some hard conversations, but. But I ultimately think that what we've all known and believed in is what we do together is so unbelievably special and important. And we wanted to support one another in each of our kind of individual needs. And um, and I just think that we've we've fought for it. We've fought really hard to continue to communicate, to continue to show up, to really listen to each other. Um, and it's beautiful that you know, through the ups and downs. I mean, it's it's truly like a marriage, mm-hmm. you know, and we're in business together. We've hit every single big life milestone alongside one another. I mean, there's a whole lot that we've experienced and walked with each other in. And so, um, yeah, I think we've just never given up. You have to work on it. But, to you know, echo that sentiment that um, you said, I mean, you have to work on it. It's like a marriage, right? I mean, 17 years, you know, we really take time and be intentional about, Hey, let's have a meeting this week and let's sit down and kind of go through what we want the year to feel like. 
what are you kind of what are you dreaming of? What are you dreaming of? What are you dreaming of? And compromise and find ways um, to keep the ship going, you know, because it's so important to us. But it comes from a mutual respect, a friendship, um, a respect for what everybody does and brings to the group. Um, but yeah, we work hard on it. I mean, that's honest truth is that's, I don't, you know, we don't want to be one of those bands that I read about that <laughs> couldn't do it. We want to yeah. be able to do it, yeah. uh, long-term really. Um, and if you don't know, Hillary, you had met Charles or you came across his profile on MySpace yes. and you met him at a bar and you're like, Hey, I know you from MySpace. If that meeting happens today, what comes of that? Is it just a TikTok <laughs> collaboration or is it a whole band forming? Like, what do you have to say? Like, Who where knows? are, where are know. bands in 2024? Like, what? I, I have That's said a really this great question. a million times. I said, I want, and there are, there's many groups out there, you know, kind of going, I would love, I almost feel like we're, I'm at the spot, uh, you know, in my life where I want to give back to it. And it's like, and it's also like an artistic, like, how can I, how can I find some other artistic things that feed my soul, but aren't as forward facing. And I'm like, I would love to work with a new group. If there's any groups out there that want a little guidance or just cr- to help create a sound. Cause I feel like we, you know, we, we had so much help to through like my brother, Josh and, and, and our families and, and different co-writers to help really create a sound. But I feel like there is such a need for more groups and that, 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 you know, just big harmonies and, uh, but it is, it's an interesting thing, you, you know, everything changes and we can always look back and be like, well, it's a different environment now, the TikTok thing. But I think if I had advice for any new artists or any group, especially ones that get success early on TikTok, is you better get out there and get your feet wet in front of a crowd in live. Yeah. I think that's the thing that would overwhelm me the most are some of these artists that have a hit and it's the first time they've been on stage. And not only are they first time on stage, they're like on a giant stage, opening up for another artist. And I mean, it takes you years to really get great uh, at learning how to, you know, navigate the live show and the stage, how to take care of your voice, how As to David say the variables, the variables, All of the variables. something always goes wrong. Yeah. There's always going to be something and yeah. how to handle that, you know? And, um, but, but yeah, there's also great opportunities out there now that I feel like a lot of artists don't have, you know, you know, you can get discovered in so many ways and think mm-hmm. of all the artists that have gotten discovered on TikTok that might not have, you know, matter walk might've been turned down already five times yeah. in different labels, you know? So, um, you guys won a few Grammys mm-hmm. Boy, the Grammys are coming up. What are your favorite Grammy moments? Oh gosh. I mean, for us, definitely the night that, that we just, I can't hardly, I mean, it's like we won song of the year um, across all genre. And then, and that was crazy. And then record of, I just remembered Jennifer Lopez handing us yeah. a Grammy. Well. <laughs> and that was the weirdest, most surreal experience. It was. I mean, that night was just out of this world. Never be able to fully process it. I'm obviously stumbling over my words to still talk about it. Um, and then I think iconic memorable moment for me that I thought was just so her and so like pro was I when Adele started and it, and something glitched and she was like, Nope, yeah. we're starting over. Started Stop. the wrong key. Started over. And she just like shut down live TV and just said, I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I loved that. I thought it was so um, pro in the midst of a, an oops. Yeah. Um, And the composure that she had was just, I, I mean, she's, yeah. Amazing. 
Um, I was once I was talking to Darius Rucker, and we started talking about playing weddings. And he said he hate he doesn't like playing weddings, so he set his price at a million dollars. <laughs> and somebody somebody booked him nice. for a million dollars. He went and played it, and he said he did. had a great time. Of course. Where do you guys stand on weddings? I, I will do a million dollars. Yeah, we just want, we I'll probably do one. one for a little less than a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. be, be truly honest with you. Um, no. What's the price? No. Get, I mean, yeah. we do a lot of we do, a wedding. Well, we do a lot of corporate shows. I would almost even compare that to a similar thing. It's not necessarily. You know, you'll go into like a corporate show, and let's just say it's for Mercedes. Right. Half the people there probably aren't even country music fans. Right. So you're already kind of at a little bit of a disadvantage. <laughs> but I love the challenge of being like, these guys, before they even have heard us, probably think they're not going to enjoy this night. Uh, Can't wait to win them over. Yeah. And uh, and it might be like, you know, the, fir- the you know the first notes that need you now are like, oh, I actually think these guys are good. Or it might be throwing in like a little cover that they're not expecting. And there's nothing more fun than when I feel like you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a wedding, I would imagine, would be kind of similar where you're like, I, you know, I think, too, a lot of that comes with not having an ego. It's like I'm out there. I mean, to me, performing and being on that stage in whatever environment, I can make fun. I can make any environment fun, I've, I've found out. Because there's times we'll do a show in front of 50 people acoustic, it might be something small and intimate. Mm-hmm. And there's times we're playing in front of, you know, 30,000 people. Right. And it's like, it's a way to flex that muscle in different ways. And I'm always proud that we can live in those different environments and still put on a good show. Because you put on a fun show at a well, funeral? It, it might. Uh, no, but I could put on a, I could, I could definitely make, make you help cry and get those emotions yeah, out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like that's, uh, something I'm really proud of that we have a catalog that can kind of live in different in different environments. Yeah, tell, so, them, so, tell them to send the weddings. So to with us. that said, with that said, million dollar wedding, I'm in. And hey, maybe even nine hundred grand. I mean, no. uh, and then uh, real quick, I want to play uh, a game called Wicca Trivia. Wicca Trivia with okay. Lady A. Wicca Trivia. Uh, so basically, we're going to ask you five questions about yourself from Wikipedia. Oh. Now, if you get them all right, we donate a hundred dollars to your a charity of your choice. Yes. Okay. If you miss any, you that money is going to you got to play our wedding. <laughs> right, right, right. If you miss any, the money rolls over to the next artist. Oh, okay. I so, love it. what would be a charity that uh, if you guys get all five of them, we could donate a hundred bucks to? I mean, we've got our own actually called Lady Aid, so we can go there. We kind of go to St. Jude. Saint Jude, Jude is part of it. St. Jude is in there. Children's hospitals and stuff okay, like that. Okay, great. So. Yes. Awesome. So we're playing for the kids. Yes. yes. Go. Playing for the kids. All right. Here we go. Dave, you and Charles are from Evans, Georgia, but you're arguably the second and third most famous contemporary songwriters from Evans. Who is number one? Number one? I mean, James, Evans? James Brown. James Brown. I'm from Augusta. Be from Augusta. From Evans? There's another. Okay. We've already. No, I'm sorry Evans. to the kids. Um, Josh Kelly? No. Um. Oh, is it uh, is it Dallas or um, no? It's uh, Ben Hayslip. Ben Hayslip. Yeah, oh yeah, that love is crazy. Ben. Uh-huh. Uh, he wrote "Honey Bee." I don't want yeah. this night to end. Yeah, which Ben is awesome. I okay. love Ben. Okay, all right, all right. So you guys are. It was, we'll, that we'll was a little assistance one. on that, but it's for we'll charity. Give you that one. Uh, number two in 2011, Lady A passed on this future hit for country trio, the band Perry. Oh yeah. Which one was it? Better, Better day, day two. two. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay, now walk me through the reason you guys passed well, on just that. It, it didn't. It might have felt a little dark for where we were heading, you know, with our with our music. But I, there was definitely something about it. I was like, gosh, this is really great. But I will say they nailed. Did Dan Huff do that? I thought it was Paul Worley that did it. No, I think Dan Huff did okay. that. They nailed the production. Like it was. It it, it like. It always makes me feel good when you when, when a song then goes to someone and you're like, they did it justice, and that was where it needed to be. Everything finds its own way. Another one was like American Kids that Kenny Chesney did. It come our way, but who's to say it was all? It could have it could have also been like in our desk at the same time. Like Kenny's in the studio already cutting it, so like that happens too. You never know. I was a little big town said they passed on American Kids too. Yeah. So what what oh. was it about that song you think that made it go to groups? Before I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. It Maybe feels that song though feels like I remember you had said it like it almost feels like now we could have sang that yeah. song because we it's, 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 it's looking time. back so much and it feels like Chesney was perfect for we're that. We're still young, but we were younger then. <laughs> we were <laughs> younger you. then. Thank you. Was it competitive with trios back then? Um, we wrote so much of our did. music. It yeah. wasn't, but like, I mean, downtown Miranda Lambert had it on hold and she wasn't going to the studio and she heard that we loved it. And she, and she like, how cool is that? And if, you know, we're such good friends, she was like. Put that on Wikipedia. Yeah, put that on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> put, that on the, put that on the Wikipedia. That was awesome. <laughs> put that on Wikipedia. Number three, Lady A signed their record deal in July of 2007, not long after making their debut on the Grand Ole Opry. Who introduced you and why oh, was that easy. significant? Hillary? It was Whisper and Billy Anderson. That is correct. Yes. Uh, and uh, why was that significant? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but um, he was, I I want to say, hopefully this is right. Introduce your mom. He introduced my dad. dad. Yeah, um, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Nice. All right. You yeah. nailed that one. <laughs> right. Both parts, A and B. Uh, number four, which future celebrity was Lady A's first booking agent? Oh, good Wait, say it again. Which future celebrity was Lady A's first booking agent? Oh, me. Yeah! Oh, Whoa, that was a trick question. That was, that was a trick. That was a trick. You also built the first website, right? That was a trick question. I was literally sitting there going like... I was trying to give him a hit. Well, 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 you know where my head was going? Because we used to have a day-to-day manager that now manages um, Jordan. And I was like... I was like, wait, I was booking the show. I was like, was... The funny thing, I've never said that I'm a celebrity. I think it's... I've never... I never say that. Come on. And I'm like, I'm a celebrity. I don't say that. So what else did you guys do? Like, So you built the website. You did booking. Did any of you do... No, I drove, but yeah. <laughs> I drove the car. I drove. I, I, um, the only reason I drove because I like to control the music. Uh, but Dave, I still remember Dave on the phone though, calling as if he was our, but in pretending, yeah. going, "Yeah, I've, I've got this group, and uh, you know, love it. Three part harmonies, They're fantastic. It harkens wow. back to a day, and it, you know, and, they, it's like, and no, not one fifty, two hundred dollars. They need yeah. two hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, there's yeah. gas. There's no other budget. Could you make it two fifty? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. awesome! Was, you gotta make that sale. Come on, yeah. Well, you can retire and be an agent, man. <laughs> Finally, Lady A once recorded two songs for the movie Best of Me, based on Nicholas Sparks's book of the same name. Yep. In that movie, who donated a heart to Amanda's son? I have choices. It can either be A. Tuck, B. Tommy, C. Frank, or D. Dawson. 
It's a tough. Sounds like a tough thing. It's to Dawson. Do. Boom. Dawson. That's what I was going to say. Thanks, Phil. The main character, Amanda's true love. He had died earlier in the book. Um, it's a sad story. It is. Yeah, it sounds like it. Very sad I've never story. seen it. That is, sounds on. <laughs> yeah. Not not great. Tug at the heartstring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, good. You guys. Hey, did great. All right. All right. Thank you. You almost had us. We did. We'll fork over that check for the charity. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank we you. appreciate you guys coming by. Congrats on all the success. Love the new song. Thank you. Thank so you much. for having us. All right. Let's bring in Billy Dukes from behind the camera to go over this interview with Lady A. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. They made me feel a little bit old when they said. 17 years ago when we got started. I was there for the radio tour. Dang, really? So it, it does not seem like it was 17 years ago, but yeah, you do that math. What was their first one? Need You Now? No, no. That came a few years later. It was um, the song I Run To You. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. That was seven. That was 17 years ago? 2007, yeah, is when they signed. So 17 <sighs> years ago this year. And like you knew, like some, this is one of those acts that came in and it's like, it almost seemed like the radio tour is a formality because... They were going to be stars. They had just that presence about them that that told you like, oh yeah, th- this is this is the real deal here. Yeah, and then I think winning those Grammys off the top of the gate because I was in <clears throat> excuse pop radio mm-hmm. and we started playing all those songs and I think that as soon as the winning the Grammys like out of the gate probably helped establish that. But you're right, it's like. When you're around them, you feel like um, you're eating a fancy steak and not Applebee's. Yeah, I love you know saying. <laughs> yes, uh, less so now than maybe even five or ten years ago because I think their imagery was kind of a little bit more distinguished then, and now they're a little bit more rugged. Okay, like Dave, like he was wearing what, like a flannel. Charles had just like a leather bomber jacket on. And yeah, yeah. Hillary looked nice, but she wasn't like. Yeah. She didn't have a crown and a scepter. Or right, right. Or anything. So, <laughs> I don't know. I feel a little bit more at ease with them now, but maybe that's just because I, yeah, I know them. We haven't known them for a long time. So, well, do you think that um, after so many accolades and hits, the um, you're allowed to take more control, creative control of your look? Sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Or, or you just know to trust someone with it so you don't care as much until it's time. Because something I learned early in the game when I first started working here was that, uh, you know, I just figured, hey, maybe they come in, the country artists come in from their house and they're just wearing kind of whatever. But it's usually, for the most part, uh, styled, you know, in there. Like, I think when we had Frank Ray in here, Mm -hmm. he kind of broke it down like – He's like, I didn't used to dress like this. You know, they were like, you would look good in this and loud and wild. And so, yeah, I often wonder if that, because that probably falls under the creative control umbrella, uh, you know. Did you know, I just learned this, this is on topic, but a little bit left. There's a service where you can rent different outfits and not just like formals, formal wear for like a red carpet. Everything they wore could have been like rented for the day. I've seen that, yeah. I forget what the company name is, but like if you're like, Someone who can't wear like the same outfit like regularly. Yeah, yeah you rent your outfit. It might yeah. cost you fifty bucks an outfit. You give it back for an artist like Frank Ray or someone who's new to the business. My gosh, what a huge money saver that is. Yeah, there's also an easier way to do that, and it's just Amazon. <laughs> if you true. can find what you want, on but you might Amazon. not get the fit though. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can always, you know, you can wear it and then return it. You know, I mean, but hey, you could do that back in the day. We were doing that in the 90s at Belk and JCPenney. You know, you just keep the tag on the shorts, you know. I, I never did. You did that? You just would take I it back? I did it once with like a pair. Of, <laughs> it was a pair of Jordan shorts and they were like 50 bucks back then. Yeah. I think I was like 16 or 17. 
and uh, I taped the uh, tag with black tape on the inside. So, you know, I flipped it around. Uh, they, they tagged it kind of like, uh, hard to explain. No, I think the only thing worse than not owning an IOU sweatshirt would have been caught having an IOU sweatshirt with a tag on it. Yeah. Able to take it back. That was my perspective at the time. Does anybody buy clothes now? I think you could just buy them and return them, you know? So this was a pretty interesting interview to prepare for because I think there's been a lot of news about Lady A in the last year, especially as it revolves around Charles and um, giving up drinking and his sobriety. And he's been pretty open and honest. But, like, we kind of racked our brains. It's like, what new, what do we still want to know there? Like, yeah. Like, how much do we want to just kind of bring that up for the sake of being real journalists and bringing up the hard topics? Right. I don't know what, I didn't know what the question was per se, and it certainly didn't seem worth lingering on for a really long time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're, I mean, everything that you want to know about Lady A is already out there, so it's like, yeah. you know, it is a challenge. Um, and this wasn't going to be the time or space either where maybe he was going to really break down his lowest point or something like that. Like, yeah. that's not our, I, yeah. our vibe in here. So, yeah. like, yeah. you just kind of, I don't know, I always like to ask the hard questions, but if there is no hard question, it's just a hard topic, then what do you... It's almost like a talk about. Uh, just talk about your sobriety. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's nothing like, you know, yeah. What does that get you? When you walk past a beer, I get it, yeah. I, one thing that, you know, was probably touched on so much, I didn't want to beat a dead horse, but when we were, when I was doing research for this interview, you know, you type in Lady A, mm. and uh, one thing that came up was like, Lady A, new music. Mm-hmm. And like new album, and I was like, "Oh, what? I didn't hear about this." And it's like uh, after my battle with the group, I'm now getting back to making my music. Oh, it's uh, it's the other lady. lady A, right? So you know, I I I didn't know she's still going by that. Yeah. I'm not sure the ramifications, but it would have been interesting to. I just want to know how much they knew and how much they. You know, because I feel like that's a business thing. You know, was Hillary like all all up on the phone with it or were they just like, oh, someone did this, but we handled it, you know. Certain issues, it's like the time away from it, unless you're really getting an hour or a two hour or a really good chunk of time with them to kind of go back into those certain things, which we don't generally get that kind of time. Like there almost is like an expiration date or people can kind of wait it out. And I think you see that with Morgan Wallen. Like at this point, if Morgan Wallen came in here, yeah, like it would be weird to ask him about that night three Januaries ago and try to get a new angle. You know, that would be, that'd be strange at this point. I I don't even know what question I would kind of ask. Um, But that said, he's never really answered for that. Yeah. In a satisfactory way. So maybe someone should, but I don't know if anybody will get that opportunity. I wouldn't want to ask Morgan Wallen. I would want to ask the neighbor that turned in that video. I want to interview them. That person? Yeah, because they like essentially changed the route of his whole life and his career. That person got paid. Uh, he, I heard that a person got paid. The rumor was that it got paid a million bucks for that. From, from, from like TMZ. TMZ? Yeah. Gosh. There's a lot of money. And then I think they moved out too. Do you have to pay taxes on that? Yeah. Anytime you get a little. Okay. I mean, that's probably like a. Like, what do they call it? Like a contract, like a W-9 situation. Oh, so, you know? yeah, you got to pay employment. Uh, to, you got to play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like Uncle 40%. Sam's getting its cut. That, that's for day. I mean, yeah. And I, and I just want to know. Yeah. I mean, that's off topic. But, yeah, I would want to know, like, uh, 
Yeah, I just yeah. There's so many questions. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this kind of circles back to what I was kind of getting at. This made this interview with Lady A a really nice opportunity because it was a chance to really just sort of have a conversation with them. And I, I think that's what we settled on was like, we don't have ten questions per se. Right. Here's a few topics that we think might engage them. Maybe we can just kind of settle down and kind of pick their brains a little bit on things like what Lady A would look like today if they met on MySpace or yes. the Grammys and stuff like that. Yeah, because I do feel like no one is meeting someone on social media and going, let's form a band. Like no. That is like a relic almost. I feel like you're right. Like, let's work together. Let's do this. So, I mean, I don't really see too many new country bands on the in the shoot. It's... It's hard because of social media. Like, I think not having a clear front person, and it might even be like, you know, like a Zach Brown band. You have Zach Brown right there in the name. Boom. He's the front person. He's in charge. Like, it's kind of vague when it comes to social media or even internet searching to kind of figure out who they are and how you might identify them with them. It takes so much work to identify with, like, a band who has five guys, like maybe an old Dominion, um, than it does a solo artist. Um, well, you can see what they like and their sense of humor and stuff like that. I think that's a real disadvantage. Uh, and it is unfortunate because it leaves out a lot of good music in some of those harmonies. Is the era of country bands over? I, I'm, all, I'm, I'm careful to go that far. I, I wouldn't, if I was in the talent booking or label business, I wouldn't book a band. You know, I wouldn't sign a band. That's for sure. I'll tell you what I think is kind of coming back. And this if you do some research, like you see how Alabama really sort of changed the the award structure for groups, like in the mid eighties, like when it came to, there wasn't a vocal group of the year. It was like a, and, and a vocal duo of the year. I think it was like one vocal group and all the nominees were like Loretta Lynn and Conway Twitty. It was like two artists that just sort of kicked it for an album Oh, and then they'd get nominated in that category. But then you get Alabama and then all of a sudden Alabama are printing all nominees. Oak Ridge Boys had been around a little bit by that point already. They were starting to become nominees. And there's all these other groups and duos that are like formalized duos, not just Tammy Wynette, George Jones, Got it. Conway, Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers. Which, if they did it that way now, every other song we play is a duo. So there will be Well, like that's impossible. exactly it. Yeah. Jelly Roll, Laney Wilson, right. vocal duo. Duo of the year. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be the thing. And back then, they would, artists would, like, I think Conway and Loretta recorded like nine albums, full albums together. Wow. Like, that's like, that's like 100 songs. That's bananas to me. But 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 then when you look at, like, when they do Duo of the Year, like, how many times, like, I feel like Dan and Shay, Brothers Osborne, even if it, it wasn't a new music year, they're going to be nominated because they're running out of duos. Well, that's totally true, yeah. And group, you know, groups. Yeah. Oh, no, that's 100% true. You look at the nominees. Um who is it that always gets nominated? Well, Parmalee always gets snubbed in the group category. Yeah, but then Midland always... You know, Midland slides in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no offense to Midland, but, yeah, you know, Parmalee's got more hits, I think. Well, in, in, in the duo category, Brooks and Dunn are always getting nominated. Yeah, what have they done after the reboot? They haven't, yeah. yeah, they haven't had a single in over a decade. Yeah. Or released a new album in, in even longer. Um, so so it, that that's kind of always been a problem to a certain extent. Um, the Bellamy brothers and even Alabama got nominated in those categories long after they were like consistently putting out music or, or relevant music. We might not be able to talk about, it. we might've stumbled on some like Illuminati stuff. We might, we might get in trouble if we, yeah. 
Yo, you think you think people <laughs> I think we might have stumbled into Mr. CMA is right out there with his, yeah. his whooping stick. Yeah, I think, tough, man. yeah, I think we're getting too deep, man. Well, no, here's why I think it's because I think the CMAs and the AC and all the war shows they need to sort of adapt to the times, and they do sometimes a little bit slower than people like. But I do think you'll see a change in the vocal duo group categories in the next five years. That sort of reflects what we see. Okay. I mean, like if Dan and Shay were to break up like they almost did, who would go in that slot? Like if me right. and you started a band, could we slide in there? Right. Like, I, I mean, would there, I don't know of any duos that are on deck. You it's, know? it's really easy to get nominated. And I think that could be what brings like the duo back. You know, sometimes when there's yeah. like the hole in the marketplace, you fill it, then all of a sudden you're a ACM nominated vocal duo, you know, and you see that with like vocal event of the year. That's why all these vocal events are so popular is because it gets your artist who's new an ACM or CMA nomination, maybe a performance slot. And then all of a sudden uh, their, their level of success goes up a little bit. I mean, Lane and Wilson benefited from that. No doubt about it. Yeah. With uh, the Cole Swindell. Um, yeah, that's true. Duo. Yeah. So goodbye to duos, goodbye to groups, and hello to it's possible collaborations. It's it's possible it could kind of almost go backwards because of social media. Um, Way to go, humans! Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Look what we did. Fun interview though, and I thought the game went out went off well. Um, I, yeah, I, they were a lot of fun. I just like Lady A, so I'm always glad to see them. Yeah, same, same.